Y'all ready for the word this morning, church? Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. Say, the Lord has a word for me today. Yeah, and receive it. It, it never comes. It, it, it always comes with purpose. Amen. And you can walk out of here understanding that the Lord has given you something, given you something that you can. You, it's life. Amen. It is life for you to have. And you have come here this morning to receive it. Just sit there, rest, receive it all. Walk out of here, strengthen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always on time. It is always, always, always a message of love. It is a love letter to us. Thank you for loving us right where we are. God, thank you for the people that you have brought here this morning. Father, they would hear a word of encouragement, a word of, of, of edification that would lift them up. Let them hear words of grace come from you, Father, that would give them the power and the strength they need to walk out of here, Father, and just be a blessing to so many people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to start off with a question. Why are some uh, Christians not enjoying their inheritance and their blessings? Because we have been given, we have been given an inheritance like it's ours. Would you agree? We saw that last week. We we are heirs. Say, I'm an heir. That's what the Bible says. Amen. If you are Christ, then you are an heir, a seed of Abraham. Seed of Abraham, you go back to Deuteronomy 28 and you read all the blessings that are now yours. All the blessings that are now yours. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curses of the law, but not the blessings. The blessings are ours today. Amen. We saw that last week. So this is kind of a continuation of, of, of last week's uh, message. So if we know that we have all these blessings and yet we're not walking in them, I'm here to tell you, man, Christians should be the most joyful, excited people on this planet. Really, we're the light. But why are we not the light? I'm going to show you why in just a second. I'm going to let the Lord show you why. See, I just repented in front of everybody. He, I just heard God say, it ain't you. I was like, really? I thought it was. 1 Peter 2.24 says, who himself bore our sins. Who's that? Jesus. Himself. Say not together. <laughs> himself. He bore your sins. He paid for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. You can't. You can't pay for your sins, but he did it for you. He himself bore our sins in his own body, in his own body. It would have been easy for God just to write it off, but he didn't. Somebody had to die, and it was Jesus. He died for us, his own body, on the tree that we, why? Now, this is that caveat, right? If you, if you know a lawyer and they put all that small junk in there, <laughs> that we, having died to sins, don't read over that, church. You have died to sins. The word sins there is not the, the verb, not the action. It's the noun. Now, if you're a teacher, do verbs, nouns, and adjectives and all that stuff matter? I used to think they didn't. If you're a kid, if you're like me, you're like, I ain't got time for this, right? They do matter. This is we have died to sins, not the, not the verb, we still sin, amen? We have died to the noun verb, the noun verb, noun. <laughs> I'm hitting that puberty stage, boy, because God is renewing my youth like the wings of an eagle. <laughs> 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 ha! 
having died to sins, what that means is, guys, we've died to the judgment of sin. Like God's no longer judging us on our sin anymore. You know why? Put it on Jesus. That's what it said, right? Might live for righteousness. Now, this is not our righteousness. Don't let people say, hey, now that Christ died for you, now you got to be righteous. <laughs> that was the problem in the past. Nobody can be righteous without Jesus. You can try your hardest, and you can't do it. By whose stripes you were, not one day, not in the future, but by his stripes you were. Past, present, or future, church. Past. It's been done already. You were healed. You notice how it doesn't say first Troy? Holy Spirit breathe. Amen? That would have been a good spot to say amen. Receive that, church. Receive it. All right, so this is Deuteronomy 28. These are just a few of what I was telling you about. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Say amen. In the fruit of your body. It should be obvious. How the girls do it? The girls got this way of standing that, that makes them. In the increase, in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your, of your ground. Back then, that's all they had, guys. Cattle, livestock, and their land. And God's like, I'm going to bless all of it. You receive that today. These are ours today, church. These are ours today. Um, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, the Lord will open to you his good treasure. Say amen. His good treasure. The heavens. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. To give the rain to your land in its season. You know what that means? If that was their, their livelihood, the land, guess what? If it didn't rain, guess what? Not a very good livelihood, amen? So whatever your livelihood is, I'm here to tell you the Lord is going to bless it with rain, spiritual rain. It's gonna, your, your job will be blessed. Your, your employment status will be blessed. People won't even know why you're so blessed, but they'll know that there's something about you because you have the joy of the Lord. They will see it, all right? Uh, and to bless all the work of your hand. Say amen. amen. Everything your hand touches will be blessed. When I hug Kelly, she's blessed. She says, she says, I want to hold your hand. I'm like, well, I'm about to bless you, girl. Wait, does anybody ever hold hands like that? You know what I'm saying? You shall lend. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. How many of you feel like that's the opposite right now in your life? I'm always borrowing. I'm always borrowing. Listen, this is your blessing, church. This is yours. It's not something you're going to have to earn. This is something that we already have. Are you an heir? Yeah, this is something we already have. It, it, it would be nice to know what we have. Amen? I, trust me, I'm not there. I need to know too. And the Lord will make you the head and not the butt. Anybody read scripture like that? That's what it means. How many of you guys, man, it just seems like Christians these days are so defeated in the way they walk. So that their head's down. We should be the most joyful people on the planet. Because we're the head, not the tail. Satan wants you to think you're the tail. You are the head. And not, uh, oh, to be above only and not beneath. If, 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 here's the, here's the thing, man. Here it is right here. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. Now, this is Deuteronomy 28. This is Old Covenant. 
Old covenant. This is the old covenant. That if there has been taken care of in the new covenant. You know why? Because you could never, ever keep all the law. Only one person could. His name is? And he did it for you. That's why God says, I'll write new laws on your heart. That's why God said Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Do you believe? Amen. Look at this. Even, the, even stuff that goes wrong in our lives, God's going to bless us. Look at this. And we know, say I know, that all things, all things, but that, that means good and bad. All, all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are the, called according to his purpose. Do you love the Lord? Does he love you? Well, he will make all things work together for your good. Even your failures, even your past, your future, doesn't matter. He makes everything work together for your good. The things you can control, the things you can't control, he'll make them work for you. Amen? So, here it is. I've been saying this. We should be the most excited, joyful people on the planet because even if things are going bad in our life, we know that God's going to make them good. We rejoice in those trials. We rejoice in those troubles, in our stresses. We rejoice there because we know in a couple more steps, he's going to make it work for me. Isn't that awesome? That literally is saying you can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. You can try, but you can't. Right? You remember Job? Job's like, take me, kill me, take me now. But God had a plan for him. God had a plan to bless him beyond measure. And was he? Yes. Everything he thought was against him. His family was dying. Everything he had was gone. God blessed him double what he had before. I get a little excited. This is Nehemiah. Nehemiah is Old Testament. But you know how we can see Jesus in all things in the Old Testament, right? Jesus said that on the road to Damascus. He told him. He expounded on all the scriptures pertaining to him, right, all the way back from the get-go. So this is Nehemiah. Nehemiah, at this time, uh, Jerusalem, the people of the Israel, are, are downtrodden. They have no hope. They, uh, they're being run, by, uh, run off by different kings, and they're just walking around defeated, defeated. But God, they're God's chosen people. Amen? And it really hurts God it, 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 to, for his people, to see his people distressed. You know why? Because the word says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, prayer, supplication, giving thanks to him. Right? He doesn't want you stressed out. He, don't want you, he doesn't want you worried. Jesus said, don't worry about don't worry about what you, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. Doesn't he love you more than the birds of the air? So cast your care upon the one who bared. This I swear. I do this all day. Jay said, please don't. <laughs> all right, check it out. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah. I believe that's a city down in Miami. <laughs> it came to pass in the month of Chislevev. He's Russian. You know about that, don't you? That, I was telling the youth Wednesday night, I said, James loves when they talk about the, the calendar in the Bible, don't you? Because it matches up with all the stars and stuff. And I told him, man, you know James, the, the astronomer. 
And then they corrected me. <laughs> Those are two different things, right? Astrology, yeah. Like he's not reading palms. I don't want you to give, I don't want to give that impression to you, right? That's not what he does. That guy knows a star. He can point up there and say, that's, I'm like, he, he almost knows as much as God does. Kendra, I'm sorry, but it's true. That brother can point up there and name a star. I'm like, God does that. We need to do that again, man. Y'all, did, did y'all enjoy that when we went over there and he just brought up all that stuff? It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, in the 20th year, as I was in Shoshan, the citadel, uh, that Hanani, say Hanani. Yeah. Hanani is a guy that God is sending to Nehemiah because Nehemiah is downhearted, right? Uh, Hanani, one of my brethren came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Now check this out. This is the name uh, for Hanani. This is his name. What does it mean? Grace, right? We, we believe there's, there's meanings to the names, amen? Nothing's by chance. So Nehemiah is Jehovah Comforts. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, right? So God sent uh, grace to the Holy Spirit, on behalf of the people. Now, grace is a person to us. We don't believe grace is a message. We believe it's a person to Jesus. And now, who is it that, that intercedes on our behalf to the King, to the Father? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. See? Everything's about Jesus. All right, verse 3. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from captivity in the province are there in, the great, in great distress. Anybody feel like they've been in great distress? Yeah, great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. He sat down and wept. Grace, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus wept. It's a verse. My very first verse I memorized. And you know why? That chocolate bar, boy. <laughs> so it was when I heard these boys he, he wept and mourned for many days I was fasting and praying before the, uh, the God of heaven um, now let's go to chapter 2 this is the first thing he does he was, he, was, he was sorrowful that his people were going through that stuff this is what Jesus feels about us you know why? because he paid for it he's like man if they only knew all the benefits that are theirs because they're heirs. If they only knew it. There's so many defeated, quote defeated, in, the, in reality they're not defeated, but quote defeated Christians in this world. And we walk around, that was my shoe if y'all are down there. Alright, and it came to pass in the month of Nisan. Am I saying that right? The 20th year of King our taxes there, uh, he's from, he's a tax collector. Thank you. Uh, when wine was before him, say wine was before him. Because you know what Nehemiah's job was? He was a cupbearer. So what happens when he's distressed? He goes and takes wine to the king. You know why? Because wine is the basis for them having all these blessings. That's why we come to this table. We, we are reminding God of the finished work of Jesus. 
We're reminding God of the fact that this is why we get all these blessings and this inheritance because Christ paid for it. Amen? So he comes with wine and, and, and he gave it to the king. Now, I'd never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you were not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of your heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Now, if you're the king and your wine tester is looking sad. I mean, do you guys understand why he has to drink the wine first? Right. So if my guy is looking sad, I'm like, ain't going to be no wine tonight. <laughs> I'm going to wait and see what happens. Right? Y'all ever read the Bible like that? It's kind of like the backstory. No? You got to put your, yourself in people's shoes sometimes. Amen. All right. Um, and, and he said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? That's what the Lord says to us. What do you request? What do you need? What do you want? I'm your provider. Come to me. He did the right thing. He brought the wine to the king. Just re reminding God of the finished work of Jesus. That's your basis for being able to even approach the Lord. Amen? And th that veil's been torn. We can go in boldly now and talk directly to the Father. All right, uh, what do you request? So I prayed uh, to, to the God of, of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Now, he is going to ask for three things. Three things. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when, he, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. The first thing that he asked the king for was time. Say time. Now, God is the God of today. Right? Today. Would you agree? Yes, today. Do you remember that there was two thieves on the cross? Two thieves, one on the left, one on the right. Two thieves that rob you. Two thieves that will rob you. The past and the future. You understand what I'm saying? They will rob you because if you get fixated on the past, it robs you of today. If you get fixated on the future, it robs you of today. God said, my grace is sufficient for you today. Today. One thief, the thief that, that represents your past, he didn't even care to talk to Jesus. He was content. He thought he deserved it. He died on the cross. That's the thief of the past. The other thief said, hey, Lord, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. That's the thief of the future. But what does Jesus say? He says, today. Today you'll be with me in paradise. God's time is today. Martha, or Mary, 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 you remember when Lazarus died? Jesus came up and, and Mary said, Lord, if you had only been here sooner, push Jesus to the past. And Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, Mary, he will rise again. And Mary goes, yes, Lord, I know on that day. Now she's pushing Jesus to the future. You know what Jesus told her? He said, Mary, I am. I am. Right now. 
I am the resurrection and the life. Today. God's timing is today. Don't worry about tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Jesus said, don't even worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Today. Today. God's timing is all about today. So today, we need to receive our inheritance. We got too many people saying, hey, you're going to get it one day. No, it's yours today. Today, all those blessings are yours. You don't go to class and try to earn them. You can never earn them. You don't deserve them. They're freely given to you. You just got to claim them. You got to claim that prize. Got to claim that, 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 that blessing. Amen? Too many of us don't even know them. You're going to know them today, though. Amen? All right, another thing he asked for. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. Now, when I see letters, I think of Paul's letters. Amen? I think of Paul's letters. You know why Paul's letters? Because they tell us who we are. They tell us why we have what we have. The letters are, are, are the Holy Spirit-breathed Bible. All those letters point to Jesus. They point to why we can have all these blessings. When we feel like we don't deserve them. Because we're looking at our past. We're looking at what we do. God doesn't judge you based on what you do. He judges you based on what Jesus did for you. Dead gummit. Isn't that good news? Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly said this too much this too much so you see the letters but what's the third thing he asked for remember everything points to jesus right look at this and a letter to to ask that the keeper of the king's force and that he must give me timber wood in other words when you read those letters you focus on the cross you focus on the finished work of jesus time is today those letters tell you who you are today. And the reason is because of the cross. Amen? Just, it's going down. I'm yelling timber. Y'all know that? Y'all know that worship hymn? No? So, so, so why do some Christians not inherit? Even though they're all there. They're all ours. Why are we walking around like we're defeated? What, that, that happens, amen? It does. All right, so this is what the Bible says. And if you are Christ, are you Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's who you are. If you are in Christ, you've accepted Jesus Christ, the Bible says you're an heir. I don't deserve it. You're right. You don't. But it's a gift that was given to you. It takes more pride to deny that than it does to receive it. It's harder to receive it because it takes great faith to receive something you didn't work for. Heir versus heir apparent. Now, King Charles is an heir apparent. Are you with me? Most people don't understand this. There's an heir and there's an heir apparent. King Charles or, or Prince Charles is not going to be king until mama goes bye-bye right and i judging by the looks of it, it ain't gonna happen anytime soon amen 
He's an heir apparent. That means he doesn't inherit the kingship until the, the previous queen or king goes. Right? There's a famous restaurant in France. Famous. Paris, I believe it is. Famous restaurant. This cat was a dishwasher. But no one knew that his daddy actually owned the restaurant. He's washing dishes. He Sometimes he got to cook. His best friend was a rat. He talked to a rat all day long. He had no idea that the owner of the restaurant was his dad. He didn't have to work for all that. It was already his. He was standing in what was his. That's a true story. Galatians 4, go back there. Now I say that the heir, boom, heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Now this verse has messed people up because people have taught it like this. Hey, you're not quite there yet. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're an heir, but you're still down here in the slave level. You're going to get there at some point. You've got to kind of earn your way up. You've got to kind of work your way up. That's how I grew up hearing that. It's wrong. It's wrong because who is it that gets to tell you that you finally graduated? You finally made it. It's like a circle. Right? You're doing great, man. And then some cat pulls out in front of you and, you, and, and, and these words come out. And then you're tailgating them all the way to the next light to let them know how mad you are. And you get up beside them and you're ready to just let them have it. You roll down your window and it's Pastor Dwayne. But that's not what this verse is saying at all. Not at all. Always keep reading. Amen. We read things in context. Read things. Uh, but, but so, so let's start. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, that word child there means infant. Like baby. Okay. As long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Guardians and stewards. All right. Um, even so, we, when we were children, were, say were, were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now, if you keep reading down there, you'll see the elements of the world is the law. It holds you bondage. That's what it was designed to do. It was designed to let you know you needed Christ. Amen? Elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Born under the law. That's so important, church. Because people will say, hey, Jesus said this. Yeah, but did he die yet? Did he die yet? Yeah, he said this. Jesus said, when you pray, pray to the Father. That forgive us, right? You remember that prayer that he taught the, the, the disciples how to pray? Father, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. He also said, hey, if you don't forgive other people, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. But see, Paul said... Paul said, forgive one another as your Father in heaven has forgiven you. Why would Paul say something completely opposite of Jesus? Because the cross happened. So all that stuff, red letters stuff, man. Yeah, Jesus said it, but he hadn't died yet. He was born under the law. To, why? Why was he born under the law? To redeem those who were under the law. That means he brought us back from the law. That we might receive the adoptions 
as sons. Now the word adoption there, we've adopted, but that's that's not it's a it's a it's a bad English word for a translation. It, it doesn't mean that, that that it's almost like that that we're not kin to God, that we are not blood of God, right? What it really is saying, the word adoption there means placement as son. Like he placed us as a son, as an heir. And that word son there is different than the word child. Child was infant. This word is full-grown son. He, you're a full-grown son in God's eyes because he placed you there. How did he place you there? By, the, by Christ redeeming the law. All right. Uh, oh, this is great. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now, every other word is translated in English except Abba. Why? The Holy Spirit wanted you to know the kind of relationship he wants you to have with God. A close, a death. There's a difference between a father and a daddy. Would you agree? There's more of a closeness when you can have a daddy. Like when your kids are young, they call you daddy, and then they grow up and be these butt teenagers that call you Troy. I'm like, you kidding me? Oh, just another dude? All right. Therefore, whenever you see it, therefore, find out why it's therefore. Because of what we just read. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And the word son there is full-grown son. Everything you need, everything you, you will ever have is already yours. God's not going to give it to you in certain segments. When you accepted Jesus, you got all that God has. It's not something you have to go through different stages to work for. If I had a tutor when I was six and I met them outside today and they said, hey, Troy, remember me? I'm your tutor. I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, did you do your homework? My like, brother was like 30 years ago. Yeah, but you, we're not under a tutor anymore. If your babysitter comes back and spanks you for doing something, you'd be, that's weird. Genesis, Genesis 33, Genesis 33, check this out. But Esau said, I, we had trouble with this at Youth Wednesday, didn't we? I, I did. I was like, we didn't. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. This is when Esau and Jacob got back together. Remember, Jacob was a little afraid because of what he did. He was now the birthright owner, right? And, and he, was, he received God's blessing because he was the firstborn. But the way he did it was not proper. <laughs> So, so he thought Esau was going to come and kill him, right? So Esau come. Uh, he's, he's, he's seeing Esau, and, and he, uh, he bowed down to Esau, you know, because he was afraid. But Esau ran up and embraced him. It's a beautiful picture of redemption. It's pretty awesome. All right, but I want to drop down the story. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Esau told Jacob, because Jacob wanted to bless him because he knew what he did. Right? But Esau goes, I have enough. Say enough. Now, that word enough there is I have some, you know, I have some. Are you with me? Esau said, I have some. Okay. And Jacob said, no, please. If I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I had seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. Please take my blessings that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. There it is again. But that's a different Hebrew word. That word enough means I have everything. 
See, Esau wasn't the firstborn blessed. He wasn't the heir. You are heirs. You have everything. God has given you all things that pertain to this life through Christ Jesus. You don't just have some. You have all of it. Amen? Words matter. I heard that before. Galatians 3, go back. This is, again, why people are not walking in their hair. We're almost done. Wow. <laughs> Somebody got to do it. <laughs> but the scripture has combined all under sin. This is back to Galatians. All are under sin. Scripture has combined you to that the promise, this is why, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? What do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he just died one time? Do you believe that he died, he rose again? Do you believe he's still alive today? Do you believe all the Bible says about him? That you have been given all the blessings of Abraham. Right? There's so much about Jesus. So much. Um, but before faith came, before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Whose faith? Jesus. Before Jesus came, we were kept under guard by the law. The law was our, our babysitter, our tutor, right? And it confined all of us under sin. Paul calls it the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of death. That's what it was designed to do. But now, G oh, here it is. But before faith came, we were kept under the guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Nobody knew what Christ was going to do on the cross. Now we know. Therefore, the law was our tutor, was our tutor to bring us to Christ. We needed to know why Christ came. We needed to know we needed a Savior. That's why we were under law. So if you're still under law today, you are forgetting that Christ died for you on the cross. He died not just to forgive your sins, but to redeem you from the curse of the law. Right? To bring us to Christ that we might be. Oh, ho, ho. look at that. Say it. Justified. That literally means you have been made righteous in God's eyes because of what Christ did. It doesn't say you did anything. Christ did it for you. The law, the law cannot get you there. You cannot be saved by the law. You can be saved by faith in Jesus. And, and look, man, justified by faith. Not by what you do. Not by keeping the law. You can never be that way. Never. Does that mean you're not supposed to keep the law? No. I'm telling you, you've been redeemed from the law. I'm telling you, God's going to write new laws on your heart. You can walk out there and, and, and all of a sudden the spirit, because I believe the spirit is the one that speaks to us, that the, the spirit in us says, hey, I want you to stop and just pray with this person. That is a law that you obey. It doesn't say, hey, don't kill that person. <laughs> okay, Lord. Like, we know that, right? But we still fail every time in the little things. Satan uses the little things. He wants you to forget who you are. He wants you to forget you've been justified by the blood of Jesus. He wants to take you back. Take you back to being in bondage under the law. Right? But we've been justified. After faith has come, we are no... Oh, look at this. We are no longer under a tutor. Now, who's the tutor in this sentence? Who we just read about? The law. We're not under the law anymore, church. The law puts big demands on you that you can't fill. Fill. I just went Reba McIntyre on y'all. 
I just threw a couple extra vowels in the word. Fail. Fail. Feel, feel, foul. That's what sells. Anyway. Uh, oh, let's finish this up. For you are all, you are all sons of God through faith in, in Christ Jesus. We are all sons of God. Sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. We are heirs. All right? For you did not receive, this is Romans 8, 15. Satan will use this on you, and this is, this is going to set you free this morning. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Again. What does that mean? That means, hey, what puts you in bondage? By the law is the knowledge of sin. Not the knowledge of Jesus. By the law is the knowledge of sin. And so that will put you in bondage. That's what it was designed to do. It's designed to put you in bondage so that you'll see you need Jesus. So look at this. He says you did not receive that spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption, the son placement, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That's who we are now. We can go to him and say, Daddy, thank you for your great love for me. You just can't call him Daddy. You got to be more holy and reverent. Listen, there's no more humble thing than to be able to say daddy to God. Because that's what he wants you to do. Jesus, do you know the name that Jesus came to reveal of God? The name. Now you think of all the Hebrew names. Uh, uh, Elohim, Jehovah, right? Jehovah Rapha, all those wonderful names of God. But there's one name that Jesus came to reveal about God. <laughs> Look at John chapter 17. Father, Father, say Father. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Uh, o righteous Father, right? O righteous Father, the world has not known you by that name. By that name. But I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name. What name did he just use over and over and over again? Father. And even in the verses before that, Father, 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 Father. Father, your name. And will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Father. That's the name he wants you to know. That God is no longer an angry judge up there waiting to smack you when you mess up. He's a God who loves you. Loves you right where you are. And he knows that if the enemy gets in your head and tries to take you back to the law, back to performance-based love, would you be in a relationship with someone that was based on performance? But isn't that how religion teaches us to be with God? So we're asking people to do something that we wouldn't even do in real life. Amen? Not at this church, though. You won't hear that coming from here, whether it's me or him. You will not hear that. You will hear that God loves you right where you are. Stop trying. Start resting in what's already yours. Those blessings, church, they're already ours. Man, we inherit. We are heirs. We just saw that. And the way we do it is we focus on him as being a loving father. You don't focus on where you fail. You, you don't focus on, on your mistakes. You, all you can do is turn your attention to him and say, thank you, father, that you make all things work together for my good. 
Thank you, Father, that, that you bless my hands. You bless where my feet go, wherever my eyes look upon, whatever. You bless it all. You bless my job. You bless my, my, uh, my, uh, my employees if you own something. You, 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 you bless my car when I'm going down the street. You bless my children when I'm not with them. You bless them. I'm not the one. I'm just thanking him for all that. Amen. I'm thanking him for all the inheritances that I have. That's what we do. Don't let the enemy get in your head and make you forget that. Remember Jesus when he was being um, baptized? What did God say to him? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what he said, man. Everybody heard it. It was very audible. Very next chapter. He goes into the desert and he's being tempted by the, by the devil. And the devil says, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Right? Now, if you guys, you guys have been here, you know what I'm going to say, right? The devil left out one word. That's a very important word. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Satan said, if you are the son of God, he left out the word beloved. Because he knows if you know that you're beloved. Not that you're a son, but you're a well-loved son. You're the one being loved. That's what beloved means. You are the one being loved by God. If you knew that, Satan would not have any power in your life. None. You nip those thoughts in the bud. And, and, and it, it, the Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. Where was Jesus obedient? On the cross. You take those thoughts captive and you focus on the fact that God loves you right where you are. Isn't that good news? Stand up with me real quick and let's rejoice in that. Give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a praise as if he was right here right now. Because he is. He is with us. Amen. He loves you, church. He loves you. Listen, if you're not a member of the church, I want you to know God loves you too. God for so for God so so God so so so. God sowed. God so loved the world, not the church, the world, the cosmos that he gave Jesus. He didn't just give Jesus for the church, he gave him for the world. And sins are paid for. Tell them who paid for it. Hey, and before you can tell them who paid for it, maybe we need to tell ourselves sometimes who paid for ours. It's one thing to go out there and tell somebody to do something. It's another thing to believe it yourself. Because people can tell when somebody's free. They can tell when you're trying to sell them on something. But when they see someone walking away, walking around in pure joy and excitement, that's the kind of stuff that draws people. I told you, can you imagine Jesus walking around the shores of Galilee going, hey, come follow me. You're going to die. You're all, you know, at some point going to be beheaded. Come follow me, man. I'm going to make you all fishers of men. Those cats would have been like, bro, I got my own problems. I ain't about to come follow you. I believe Jesus walked with his head raised high. I believe he walked around full of joy and excitement. And I believe there was something about that man that said, hey, he's different. And I want to be a part of it. I don't know what it is, but, but, but man, we, we didn't catch anything last night. We had no hope. We're hopeless, but that guy's not. Let's go see what's going on in his life. People are attracted to people who are confident in who they are. And if more believers would, would just walk in that confidence of who they are, not based on themselves, but based on who God says they are, man, the world would be a different place. Your family would be a different place. Your workplace would be a different place. This church would, anywhere you go. 
I get so excited. Can y'all tell? Y'all like, please end this. So I'm going to bring <laughs> Pastor Dwayne up and, uh, and let him bless you guys on the way out with a wonderful prayer. I know it's, uh, it's 11.52, but I want you guys to know if you need anything, if you need prayer, we're still here. We'll be here. In fact, I'm listening. Um, Paul, can you come up here and play? Maybe we can play nothing else. Is that cool? Where? Pastor D, do you want to stand in there? I'll be down here. We'll just run through a verse. Listen, we're not going to do four verses unless the Lord wants us to go there, right? But we'll just give you time to respond. If, if there's, if, if if you if you need prayer, come down. We'll pray over you. If, if you haven't. Uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've seen now how much He loves you. If that's you, man, just come down. We'll we'll pray a prayer with you. It doesn't take long. It really doesn't. God made it simple. Religion jacked it up, right? We don't believe in that here. The Bible says, "Hey, confess Jesus with your mouth. Believe in your heart. God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved." That's it. Bam. Go eat. I mean, really, you don't have to go to no class. God wants you to know he loves you. He made it simple. Don't jack it up. And, and listen, don't, don't deny the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is pulling you, man, take that first step. There, there's no one in here judging. Everybody in this place, that's the, that's the first compliment we hear about people in this church, is they feel loved in this church. And that's because we know that we're loved. And the more we know we're loved, it's easy to love people right where they are. Amen? So if that, take that first step. Come down. Let us pray with you. If you're looking for a church... This is who we are. This is what we believe. We believe that, that we are favored by God. We believe that we are righteous by faith. We know who did it for us. We don't have a lot of committees, but we got a lot of people that love people and will meet you right where you are. If you need direction in your life, baby, come down and, and the Lord will give it to us together where two or three are. Amen. Just have the Spirit lead you. As they play this song, we'll be down here. Amen.
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you for reminding us of who we are. Thank you for reminding us that we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for the inheritance, Father, that we have because of him and because of your love for us. Thank you, Father, for your, all of your precious promises that are in Christ, yes, and amen. Father, let us walk in that inheritance. Help us to live, Father, completely aware, aware of who we are and who you are in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the truth that makes us free. Thank you, Father, for your word that comes in washes over us, cleanses us, purifies us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that continues to flow over us. Thank you for all that you're doing to continue to cause us to be transformed into the image of your dear son. Thank you for equipping us with your word. Thank you for equipping us for ministry. Thank you that as we leave this place, we equipped with your word, your powerful word, your word that is able to save the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for every divine appointment that you will give us to share, to commune with others, to fellowship, to break bread over your word, to encourage one another to build one another up, to edify one another. We thank you, Father, for your presence today. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you have spoken, all that you have reminded us of. I just speak life and blessing over each person, each household represented in this place. I speak healing and deliverance, courage and encouragement. Thank you, Father, for the life and death that's in the power of the tongue. I thank you for the authority that you've given us to use it to speak life over ourselves, over our own situations and circumstances, and to stand in the gap for others. Thank you for ordering our steps and making our path straight. Thank you for leading us and guiding us by your spirit. Thank you for the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts and in our minds. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.